The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. everybody to the second episode of the goose down uh, my name is cameron hawkins i'm the host of the south congress podcast co-host of the pro wrestling torch east coast cast and a regular contributor for our pro wrestling torch so we kind of had our maiden voyage with welcome to dead house i'm the first book in the goosebumps series and all the feedback has been great um you know it's just another chance for me to kind of reach out to all my 30-somethings who are still attached to their childhood and still find joy in the uh, things they grew up with and find new ways to interpret them. And, and really, that's what this is all about, um, being able to draw from things we found as children and how they kind of influence us today. Um, I mean, the, the feedback's been really positive. People seem really excited about this project. Um, <laughs> some people have even texted me that they've been ordering the books off of Amazon. So I hope R.L. Stein sends me some residuals eventually. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let's get into the uh, the second issue of the Goosebumps book series, uh, Stay Out of the Basement. Going back and rereading these, I've kind of found that, like, one, they don't take a day, like, you know, a good three, four hours. You can kind of get through uh, you know, one of these books. It really did reconnect me back to The Fly um, with Jeff Goldblum about how the, uh, the science of this actually ends up working out. Um, I think one of the key themes that it touches on and something that I've... Didn't really understand until I was an adult, and that's that adults are not infallible, and not every adult is trustworthy. And the main character in this book, Margaret, really does struggle with the idea of her father being, well, one, her father, and her father possibly being like a, a <laughs> damn near a supervillain. And what you'll see in a lot of the end of the chapters is like, there's no way my dad could do this, is there? And she really struggles with that idea. Um, and I think that it's a really interesting story, you know, to set for like elementary and middle school kids about if their parents can be, you know, 100% honest with them, um, if kids should be able to trust their parents. It's the second book in a row that is told from like a young girl's perspective and 
in both books, it's the uh, the girl happens to be the older sister. She seems to have more facilities about her. Like the younger brother tends to be more carefree, um, while the older sister tends to be a bit more thoughtful, kind of in the situation. Um, yeah, and there's like I said, there's really cool science uh, like about how the story actually works and. It's about does the main character believe their own senses and their own instincts versus what adults kind of tell them they're supposed to interpret. Uh, but, you know, kind of enough about building up to the story. Uh, let's really talk about it and let's kind of get into the characters first. So the main adult in the story is a uh, Dr. Michael Brewer. Um, he's a botanist and, you know, they kind of live in the... Uh, in the, in the Southwest, uh, you know, he works for a big college and he's fired kind of under mysterious circumstances. Um, really wrapped up in his work, less time for the family that he usually has. Um, body language tends to change. Um, words tend to change. And that's how our main character, Margaret, starts to realize that her father might not be who she think she is um we talked a bit about margaret um margaret being the older one the more mature one um really whose story we kind of follow through everything and she tends to see more variances in her dad than her younger brother casey does casey seems very carefree and 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 really not self-absorbed but kind of wrapped up in his own world and so kind of the outside things that happen to him don't affect him as much um it is also the second book in a row where the father in the relationship kind of tends to be, you know, who we focus on, um, even though the parents in Welcome to Dead House didn't necessarily play into protagonists or antagonists of the story. Um, it was more the mother playing off of the father situation. Like in the first book, the dad's the one that finds out he has a great uncle who they interpret this house from. And in this one, um, the mother actually has to leave the story for a significant period of time. And that's how. The kids kind of find out something's going on with their father. There's also a Mr. Martinez um, who happened to be the uh, the dad's boss for Polytech, the uh, company they were working for. And they talk about him early in the story. He ends up appearing a bit later. Um, I think the coolest thing, there is a, uh, a young girl named Diane who kind of facilitates this idea that the dead may not be on the up and up. And she does it in a way that isn't to be mean or isn't to be messy, just talking about what she heard from her parents. Um, so, yeah, let's just kind of get into the story. So um, it kind of opens with the two children playing outside. They invite their dad to play with them. Um, but he's like, yo, I'm busy. I'm doing my work. Um, and we all kind of deal with that as kids. Like when our parents tend to have less time for us because they're focused on a thing. Um, so from there, um, you find out that he was like a botanist and he got fired from his job under unclear circumstances. So now he's kind of wrapped up just doing work in his basement. Like I come from a family where, you know, my dad was like a big time, um, I said that was a big time comic collector. And so like he did kind of spend a lot of time kind of apart. Uh, when we finally moved to Wyoming, he had like his own computer room where he got to keep like all his comics and like the one again, I, you know, I'm 33. So this is like 92, 93, where there wasn't a computer in every room. You had the computer room and you had to ask permission to use like the individual computer. But that's where he kept all his comics and all his models and all his uh 
Stephen King books that I secretly went in and read and played on the computer and opened all the comics. But, you know, I I was a bit of a rebellious kid. <laughs> so they, um, yeah, they find out dad's doing all this work in the basement. Um, and kids being kids. And it's funny because I relate to them so well. The room that they tell you you can't go in is the room that you want to go in. It's the room that you mysteriously have to go in or a door is cracked. You think you might have left something down there. And so you end up getting in there anyway. So when they go down there to check on their dad, um, they actually see that his hand is bleeding um, because he's wrapped up and he tells them like not to come down. Um, And this kind of starts the path of them seeing kind of the variances in her dad. kind of the wildest thing. So there's uh, like dad typically never wears a hat, right? Dr. Brewer doesn't wear a hat a whole lot. And then he starts like randomly wearing like this LA Dodgers hat all the time. And Margaret thinks that she sees uh, like plants from under his hat, right? And then she goes in on him one time when he's in his, uh, when he's in the kitchen and she sees him like scarfing down plant food. So it's just all this weird stuff that she has to kind of deny from herself. So, uh, Mrs. Brewer, uh, the kid's mom, Dr. Brewer's wife, um, her aunt, uh, hurts herself. I'm sorry. Her, her sister hurts herself. Their aunt, And she has to go visit her in the hospital in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and they actually live in California. So it's a bit of a trip. He drops her off at the airport, and while he's there, of course, the kids, along with their friend Diane, end up going down to the basement. Um, and they see like all these crazy plants they've never seen before. Some of them have fruits on it, and you know because he basically keeps it down there like a greenhouse. I mean, it's already a basement in California, so it's like sweltering down there. Uh, Casey actually takes his shirts off. He takes his shirt off and he puts it down, and then. As the kids are kind of navigating, they start to hear breathing sounds like coming from the different plants. And to them, like in the kind of, you know, the sweltering heat, you're hearing things. It looks like the plants are actually calling to them, kind of how Chappelle as Prince was doing in that skit. Um, They decide like, yo, this is enough. Um, We don't need to be down here anymore. And we need to get out of here. And as they're leaving, it's when uh, dad's pulling up. And Casey's like, wait, I left my shirt down there. So he goes to find it. And he just hears kind of the plants. As he's looking for it, some of the plants actually grab him by the waist. And they end up like freeing him. But as they're getting out of the basement, like they see their dad. And he pulls him aside. He's like, yo. You know how parents do. I can't tell you what's going on right now, but when I can, I'll let you know. I've, I'm a kid who's been through a divorce, so I get it. <laughs> um, even though like I was too young for that conversation, like I understand how these things work. Like When we can talk about it, we will, but we don't want to worry you for anything that's not necessary right now. And so then... He ends up putting a lock like on the basement so they can't, uh, they can't navigate it the same. Mrs. Brewer calls and she says, hey, I have to stay in Tucson a few more days uh, to be with my sister because the operation didn't quite go the right way. So that's when she tells her mom, say, yo, I don't know what dad is doing, but something's going on down in that basement. And she says, like, he's wearing a hat all the time, like he's being really weird. 
And this is at the point that she sees him eat dirt out the plastic bag. She tells her little brother. And again, being a kid, um, never having any reason to doubt your parents. His reaction is like, yo, I don't think dad was eating plant food. And if he was eating plant food. That's that's his deal. Like, I'm sure there's a rational explanation for it. Guys, there's never a rational explanation for your parents eating dirt. Now, um, you know, it's possible more parents smoke weed than we actually realize and could have been on some weird stuff. I don't think my parents did ever. But, you know, definitely a possibility. So the kids are outside playing again. And like, finally, like their dad is outside with them. So somebody gets a good shot at on him and they knock his hat off and there are clear leaves growing on the top of his head. And at this point, like he has to speak up and say something to him. So he's like, yeah, it's just a side effect of the experiments that I'm doing. And I'm going to go do more experiments now. Like, I I, I can't imagine a situation where you see plants going out of your dad's head. And it's like, OK, like, no, I, it makes sense. If dad says it, it definitely makes sense. Um. And so now Margaret's totally on in. Like she can't sleep at night anymore dealing with dad's stuff. So then she catches him in his bathroom that night, taking the bandage off his hand and his blood's green and not red. Um, And she's freaking out. When she does go down to the kitchen to kind of clear the cobwebs out, her brother's there too. And at this point, Like, even though he kind of exists in his own space, he's also shook. So everybody's like super nervous at this point. They listen and they hear noises coming from the basement again. They decide not to go down there. But as Margaret's going back to her room, she looks in her dad's uh, bed and there are dirt and worms in the bed. She starts to tell Casey and... Casey's like, uh, you know, Casey's like, okay, I know something's going on with dad. But then he shows up and he says, hey, I got something for you for lunch. He tried to give these kids green mashed potatoes, man. Now, I remember as a young youth, there are two things my mother would give me that I would refuse to eat. It was asparagus and it was scalloped potatoes. I hated them. I don't know what it was about them. I absolutely loathed them. But now I love them. So, I don't know. Maybe I do green mashed potatoes now. Probably not. So, he's really pushing for them to eat it. He's like, yo, you should really, really eat it. And then, you know, Mr. Martinez shows up. So, you know, one thing that happens a bit earlier while they're outside, um, while they're outside playing one day, this is when Margaret's friend uh, Emily pulls up, and I'm sorry, Margaret's friend Diane, and her and Diane are, you know, they're just out there, out there playing, and she's like, "Yo, did you hear why your dad got fired?" And she's like, "Nah, like I thought it was just like a misunderstanding." She's like, "Nah, apparently, he was doing experiments like that were so wild that they kept telling him to stop, and he would not do it. Um, and there was some type of accident at the lab, and they had to let him go. And so at this point, you know, she's really doubting. She's like, "Yo, is my dad like a mad scientist? Like, what's going on?" Um, but apparently, you know, they worked it out to where at least he had a conversation." 
um, I guess off screen, you'd call it with Mr. Martinez um, to let him know the progress of his experiments. It's never really said exactly how he got that meeting with him again. But they end up um, as soon as Mr. Martinez shows up while the dad's not looking. They throw the mashed potatoes in the trash and they say they've already eaten. Um, So then fast forward to the next day. Their neighbor needs help installing his bathroom sink. So their dad goes to help him and they're like, yeah, we really need to find out what's going on in this basement. As soon as they leave, (laughs) Casey tells Mark and he's like, yo, check this out. And he starts to put uh, a hairpin inside the uh, inside the lock. And she's like, yo, who do you think you are? And he actually picks the lock like on some MacGyver type stuff. Right. So when they go down to the basement, they see the same suit jacket that Mr. Martinez is wearing. Immediately, their reaction is like, yo, I'm sure it was hot down there. He took his jacket off and he forgot to get it. So they decide um, before they figure out what's going on, they realize their dad came back inside. So they actually go out the window of the basement into their backyard. But their dad finds them getting out. So he says that Mr. Martinez took the jacket off because it was so hot down there. Makes perfect sense, right? He goes back to continue helping him with the sink. And he's like, yo, do not go back down into the basement. So they don't for that night. Mom comes back and uh, he leaves the house to go pick her up at the airport. And this is when uh, I, they're out playing as kids play. Um, when they go back, Margaret and Diane find Casey and he wants to fly kites. But of course, where are the kites? Kites are in the basement, right? So they return down there and then... Uh, as they're looking for the kites, they find Mr. Martinez's whole suit, drawers and all, just laying there, realizing that their dad didn't tell him the truth. They start to hear a knock from the supply closet, and then they find their dad tied up and gagged with plants. And so he says, the guy that went to go pick your mom up at the airport, that's not your dad. It's a hybrid plant clone that I made. By combining plant DNA and animal DNA, it took on my form, tied me up, and put me here. And I'm going to take care of him. So at this point, he grabs an axe. Now, they're down there with both Dr. Brewers. So it's dad and dad. They don't know who's who. I mean, all they have to go on is really two things. That the guy that they've been talking to hasn't been forthright with them. He's got green blood. He's got green. He's got plants for hair. And Margaret is kind of who the onus is placed on. Mom doesn't know what to do. She's been gone the whole time. You know, she just flew in. She shook. So what Margaret does, she goes to one of them, the one that was tied up and cuts his hand and red blood comes out. And so that one takes that axe. He cuts the other one in half. And he starts bleeding green blood and a stem. And then in the closet, they find Mr. Martinez in there as well. So they let him go. So all is well. It ends well. Right. Like everything's perfect. Fast forward a week. 
All the plants are gone in the yard. Um, he's Dr. Brewer's planting in the garden. Like he's totally shaking this phase of him. He don't want to go through that again. Um, and yeah, everything's cool until like dun dun dun. Right. This is where like you, you see this recurring idea of like these stories are not going to end well. As Margaret is going to the house, she feels a little plant touch her with its leaves. And it says, Margaret, Margaret, it's me. I'm your real dad. So, yeah, um, <laughs> stay out of the basement. Um, it was a really fun read. Again, um, the biggest thing that it kind of gave me an idea of was the fly. Because, like, the experiment, um, when he tried to combine the DNA, um, there was a mishap in that moment. Just like in the fly where, as he's trying to, um, like, basically teleport from one place to a next, that's when a fly gets into the teleporter and then their DNA is merged. So I thought, like, that was really cool. Um yeah, um, they're a really enjoyable story. Um, the key thing I took away from it, like we have to be careful who we trust because us as adults, like we all have people we've encountered, like who can't be trusted, who aren't forthright, who say what they say and do what they do in their best interest and not in the interest of others. We never believed that somebody like a parent could do such a thing, but in moments of desperation and a lot of times in just the need to maintain a power system like adults will lie to kids um and you know they never actually come out and say if the plant on her leg was her dad if the guy that got cut in half was her dad if the guy who had red blood was her dad they never say it outright um but yeah kind of leaves you there on on edge um, but yeah, a really enjoyable read. Again, going back through these things as you know, I remember them. Of course, there's going to be little variances and you're going to pick up on kind of different ideas as far as new things um, you discover because reading it as an adult, having different experiences, different ideas and really different ideals, um, it just changes so much. We will be back next week with the third book in the Goosebumps series. And really, probably my second or third favorite recurring uh, plot device in these Goosebumps books. Next week, we're going to do Monster Blood. So um, if you have any questions, any comments, um, if you'd like to provide some insight on your first read or your reread, um, of one of these books. Like, I'd love to hear about what you guys thought about Stay Out of the Basement uh, this week or what you thought about Welcome to Dead House if you got a chance to go back and read that. But yeah, any questions, comments, or concerns, please send that over to southcongress at gmail.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-K-O-N-G-R-E-S-S, southcongress at gmail.com. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram at South Congress Podcast. And then, you know, my personal Instagram and Twitter, if you want to talk books, wrestling, or anything else, um, Seahawk, that's C E E H A W K. Again, I want to thank you guys for joining me again this week on the second episode of The Goose Down, covering the second book in the Goosebumps book series, Stay Out of the Basement. My name is Cameron. Take care. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? 
Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. 